Welcome to the Solid Ground Podcast. Our goal with this podcast is to have conversations that can be used as a resource to create a solid ground to stand on when walking through life with Jesus in an ever-changing world. This is the Solid Ground Podcast. Alright guys, welcome back to the Solid Ground Podcast. Once again, I am Noah, and I am joined with... Oh, my name, Tony. Yes. Yeah. That would be useful yeah. to, to well, know who you are. Yeah. I mean, I'd hope by now people know who I'm joined <laughs> with, but who knows, maybe I got a new new partner. It could you be, know. yeah. could be. Maybe I'll swap you out with Jay or somebody. You know? you, perhaps. Perhaps. He's pretty hip, so... He is hip, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I it would take me if I did not shave the rest of my life, I would still not have his beard. So he does have a pretty lustrous yeah. beard. Yeah, envious for sure. I think yeah. both of us are in. The, the... Oh, I didn't say I envied it. Oh, okay, but I I did say that I can't grow it. Oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I envy the, the ability for the beard, I guess. But um, so today we wanted to talk about uh. How to use a non-ministry job to do ministry. How you can witness to people, how you can share, encourage people uh, without having a formal title of ministry. So we see uh, even in the Bible, a lot of people using their non-ministry jobs to encourage, to you know, evangelize, to do all of those things. And people who were in formal ministry also having a secondary job that isn't in formal ministry. So, Tony, um, how are we supposed to use our jobs that have essentially nothing to do with Jesus, if you want to think about it that way, in order to share who Jesus is and how they're the most important thing in our lives? Hmm. Yeah, I think there's a number of ways of addressing this idea, this question. The way my mind first goes is uh, to uphold or to lift up these sorts of jobs. There was a time in church history where this was the dominant view. And in some ways, it's still kind of influences. Maybe you've, if you're listening, you know, or you've, you felt this from people, maybe even from like pastors, this idea that there are, there's ministry, there's not ministry and ministry is better. Yeah. Or like working for the church is better. The, the priesthood is better. And the the lay person the person who's just uh, working a job it's just, it's it's perhaps important it's maybe even necessary but it's not as good yeah. of a job it's not as it's not as good of a of a calling as working in specific uh, a specific ministry working within the church maybe you've heard something like that today because uh, I've I've still heard people say stuff like that but this was particularly prominent in uh, kind of the pre-Reformation church, the medieval church, this is this idea that you have uh, the clergy, and this is just a super important position. This is spiritual lives at stake. And then you have uh, the laity, lay people who, uh, normal people who didn't work in a church, just did, you know, whatever they did, carpenters, whatever, and good jobs, but not uh, anything of particular spiritual significance or value. That starts to change actually uh, in large part with the Protestant Reformation. One of the big things that Martin Luther is early on pushing is this idea of calling 
and uh, the importance of uh, and the value of all different kinds of work. And he would have said, uh, you want to serve God as, uh, you know, a carpenter, make good tables and chairs because do that for the glory of God. Uh, you want to be a good chef, make good food for the glory of God. You want to be a, a good teacher, teach well for the glory of God. You want to be a good plumber, plumb well. I don't know if that's the word you'd yeah, use for us, sure but that's, that's correct. <laughs> for the glory of sure. God, right? So, uh, right off the bat, what I first think about, what I first want to say is to uphold the value of non-ministry jobs. Like, it is not the case that a pastor, oh, I am a pastor, and happily so, is like a higher plane. It is not. And I will tell you, like, it's not like pastors, yes, should be holy and good. That's the point. You're supposed to, like, uh, as a pastor, you're the under-shepherd for the sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd, yeah. and, a, and, a, and a pastor is the under-shepherd to Jesus, serving Jesus by serving the flock, uh, the the church, the people. So in that sense, the pastor should be righteous, at least in, in a sense, right, in a way, right? The pastor should be able to say with Paul, imitate me as I imitate Jesus. We also know that uh, lots of, I mean, pastors are human beings who are, who are fallen, and uh, they are not... Uh, as, I mean, all, all it takes is reading news stories to know them. It's it's not a given, right? That every pastor is just this the greatest person who's ever walked the planet. Uh, I would, you know, you mean not every pastor is a shining beacon well, of light that we can all just look to twenty four seven. I'm not going to say ask my family, but you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but the the point is, you can glorify God doing anything so long as it's not sinful. Right, some professions uh, I think are are sinful or kind of sinful adjacent. But if you're doing your normal job, you're a teacher, you're a housewife, you're a plumber, you're a whatever. Do that for the glory of God, and you are glorifying God. Mm-hmm. You are loving God and your neighbor in that job. You can't. You don't have to be a pastor. That's not the highest plane. Yeah. Um, God uses all of these things uh, for His glory. All right, so that's the first thing that comes to my head when we talk about this is, uh, like, look, there's value in your job. There's value in your position. You don't need to feel like you're a, a lesser believer because you're not in, minist- in ministry uh, in a, some kind of official capacity. You're not getting paid. Uh, you are a part of the body of Christ. You are uh, someone who reflects the glory of God in Jesus Christ. You are somebody who's been placed where you're at by the Lord, to glorify him and to love and serve other people. So do that where you are. That's that's the first thing I'd say. Yeah, uh, yeah, I totally agree. And I think uh, jumping off of that, I think we have to always remember where our value comes from. Our value doesn't come from whatever position we're at in the position of the world, whether it is pastoral in some sort of ministry or just in some random job, right? It comes from the value that we have been given through our identity in Christ and us just being humans created in the image of God. And so when we take a look at that, it just levels the playing field because it doesn't matter if you're a pastor or you're, you know, a, you know, a mail carrier, both were saved by Jesus. Both are equal in the kingdom and both are going to leave those jobs when (laughs) 
when Jesus comes back, like that job is fulfilled. Well, we're going to get new jobs. We're going to get new things to do. Like we're still going to work, but our jobs are going to become obsolete uh, once Jesus comes back. And so we're just filling the time and we've each been given this opportunity to fill the time in the most effective way possible. Hopefully, if you're listening to the Lord and following the path that he has for you and that he's encouraging you through uh, the spirit to where whatever job that is, you can honor Jesus in that. You can honor uh, God in that through just being really good at that job Mm -hmm. and treating people the way that a Christian should treat people. And you're going to reflect Jesus. And sometimes, unfortunately, those people in those random jobs actually reflect Jesus better than some pastors do. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, who is better based off a position? That doesn't really matter. Like what matters is that you're following Jesus. You're doing your own personal race uh, and that you're going to finish that with faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what job you're in. Some get the privilege, like we get the privilege of being able to share Jesus as our job. Like that is a privilege, but it doesn't mean I'm above someone or that I, you know, am at a greater power than them. It's just, it doesn't compute. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, in the, I've been going through the Narnia stories with my kids and uh, there's there's several times in the Narnia series where uh, people ask Aslan, right, this Christ figure in the novels, uh, what about this other person kind of thing? And he kind of always tells them like, their story is not yours to know. Like mm-hmm. focus on, on your, so it, it reminds me in this way, like, look, not everybody's meant to be a pastor. Not everybody's meant to be, to do what you do, right? If God has given you specific talents and gifts and interests, uh, he's done that for a reason, uh, to use you to be a blessing in the world and also to bless you uh, yourself. So yeah, I think what we're saying to to start this off is, look, your job is valuable. It is important. It can be used to glorify God. Uh, you can use it to glorify God. So do it well. That's That's one part, one way of, being a Christian in your workplace, one way of doing ministry in a non-ministry job is just doing your job the best way you can. Yeah. And even from that, from Narnia, I think really it's coming from as well, where Jesus is talking to Peter. He's like, well, what about John? Like, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, He's yeah. talking about Peter going off to die. <laughs> and he's like, well, what about John? And he's like, what about John? I'm talking to you right now, you know? And like, I think we get wrapped up in the same thing of like, you know, it's also super easy with like social media and stuff like that of taking a look at people's lives, uh, especially if you're following someone in ministry and be like, oh, they're doing work for Jesus. They're doing all the awesome stuff. I'm just here filing paperwork. This sucks. Like all these things where it's like, listen, we're filing paperwork too. <laughs> like, like we're doing all this stuff too. You get you get the glamour and all that of, of sharing the gospel, which is awesome. But Jesus is going to, obviously be saying to you, what about that? Like, I'm asking you to do what I'm asking you to do. And the reality is if you're faithful in what he's asked you to do, you're doing the right thing. And uh, that's really what we need to focus on is what has Jesus asked me to do? And if I'm following that and my neighbor's following that, we're all going to end up in the same good place. But it's when we start looking around and start comparing and we start stealing from our own path because it's not what other people look like. That's right. And thinking about the question too, it's, uh, I think part of the question too is, 
okay, yeah, that's all well and good, but how do I share Jesus in a sense, right, in my job? Um, how can I be a how can I be an evangelist in my job? I think mm-hmm. perhaps, and we've talked about maybe doing an evangelism specific episode, yeah. so this won't be quite all in on that. But I think parts of that creeps in this question. I think it's a good one. Uh, some jobs are just it's more difficult to do that. I mm-hmm. I'm I am a part time college professor at Fresno State, and it's not like in my class I can preach a sermon and call for a salvation response. Yeah. I would be fired. Right. <laughs> and lots of other teachers uh, who may be listening, right, that that's your reality too, right? There are certain restrictions in what you can do. And I think honestly, rightfully so, because the position of teacher is such an influential one on very impressionable young minds that uh, who may, you know, it's it would be easy, very easy to take advantage of situations to create the appearance of fruit when there really isn't when the rubber meets the road once yeah. they leave your classroom. Um, but I obviously think there are ways to do it well, but uh, we don't want to take advantage, I don't think, of the positions we've been placed in. But so h- how do we do it then? And my mind goes to uh, the early church, right? Because the early church, it's not, like, I mean, obviously the early church is not in some oasis of good yeah. feeling about Christians and Christianity, right? People, hey, literally were killing them, right? Yeah. Persecuting them, at, le- at least in in periods. So how did they do it, right? They're, they're in a, a culture that's hostile to Christianity. Our culture is relatively hostile to yeah. Christianity. How'd they do it? And I've always been drawn, or at least recently, to this passage in Acts chapter 8, right? Describing the early church. And so the early church is is being persecuted, and so because of its persecution, it's being scattered. So it, yeah. they're they're being forced to leave. Uh, that's how how bad it is. But here's what Acts chapter eight verse four says, and it's a really like a just a small verse. It's not the focus of anything. Mm-hmm. It's not the theme of any particular uh, aspect of this passage. It's just there, kind of, and that and that's why I think it's so key. Is it, mm-hmm. it's so normal. Yeah, it's not something that's any particular attention is called out to it it's just the way it was and acts 4 says the believers who were scattered preached the good news about jesus wherever they went it is so simple right the believers were scattered as they were scattered because of their persecution as they had to leave where they were to go other places what did they do they preached the good news about jesus wherever they went and then it goes on to talk about like philip and these people who do these amazing things. But there's a lot of people that aren't mentioned, which means that evangelism could be, you know, ministry. It could be doing specific things like uh, for them, like uh, giving big talks to a whole bunch of people listening and then people responding. It could be uh, appearing to a Macedonian man and, uh, uh, or, you know, or excuse me, an Ethiopian man and, and leading him to faith and baptism. Uh, it could be all sorts of things in a kind of official ministry capacity, or it could just be going about your day, going about your life, seeing opportunities to bless other people, you know, seeing opportunities to speak life into people, being prepared to share your testimony if someone asks or if it comes up, knowing the gospel well enough so that you can apply it to any given situation uh, that you come across in your life, being available, right, to, to other people, not simply... Uh, going immediately to scrolling a phone or to doing something else, but to actually put yourself in places where you could have conversations with people. This is like 
this is a whole bunch of the battle, even in the workplace. Yeah. It's just putting ourselves, is being prepared. Yeah. Right, in the sense, right? Knowing the gospel, knowing your story, your testimony of how Jesus has saved you, and putting yourselves in yourself in a position where people can benefit from that. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, a large part of of being uh willing to do ministry in this way, even in a non ministry position. Yeah. Yeah, it, it makes me think of uh, the job I had before coming here. I was working yeah. at a place uh, called Stretch Lab, uh, which is like a... What would they stretch? Uh, I would stretch people. Oh, so, human beings. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like a personal trainer, but for stretch recovery and stuff like that. But um, anyway, when I was working at that job, um, I had people that worked with me that were Christians and I had other people that weren't or they used to be and they, they left and all those things and... Um, you know, any, any job, essentially when you get hired, you know, they're going to tell you, Hey, avoid certain topics or whatever. One of them's religion. Um, and so I always, I always respect that because that's, you know, the crest of your workplace, but I never hid my Christianity. I wasn't like, Oh, I can't let them know that I'm Christian. Um, so when I had breaks or whatever, I'd be reading Christian books. Um, like I'd be reading mere Christianity or Mm. crazy love or any of these 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 books and uh in times like now most people aren't reading so a lot of people would inquire about these books because they're like oh this you know 22 year old kids reading that's a little interesting so just simple things like that of how you use your time people are going to pick up on and how you work in the rest of your life in the the reason that you do those things people are going to pick up on so if you're really nice, if you're a really hard worker, if you're doing all these things, people are going to eventually be like, why do you do that? Like other people aren't doing that. And if your reason is just like, I'm a hard worker, it's like, okay, that's great. And maybe you are. But if you're a hard worker because Jesus saved you and he He is the reason that you're that way, use that. Mm-hmm. Like that is your, that's your personal experience. That's mm-hmm. not actually something that your job can be like, you can't talk about that. Yeah. Like. That's just your personal experience. That is what the truth is. So everyone's like, hey, how come you do that? I'm like, I do that because I'm Christian, because I believe Jesus came and died for my sins. And because of that, I work in this way. And because of that, I like to read books that teach me more about him and his relationship with me. And I actually saw that the more that I did that, the more people were actually interested in Christianity. Mm -hmm. And I even had my manager who he was raised uh, Catholic in like a uh, Korean Catholic church. And he was like an altar boy and everything. He's not Catholic anymore. He was like, it's too hypocritical, all these things. And so he's like, I am not a Christian. His wife wasn't a Christian. But we had these conversations because he was like, well, like, I don't understand. You believe this and I've witnessed this. So what's your opinion on it? And I was able to have these conversations. And I still pray today that he because of our conversations or a conversation in the future realizes that Christianity is not the hypocritical thing that he experienced, but it's something supernatural. But that only comes from having those simple conversations. It wasn't me sitting him down and being like, listen, I think this is what you need to believe. It was small communications through my general everyday actions that led to inquiry of, hey, why are you this way? Why are you that way? And the the people that I worked with, my clients that came in that were Christian, 
we got to have awesome conversations because I wasn't offending them by talking about my faith. We were actually encouraging one another. And when I came out to do this job, one of the guys that I was working with, he's like, hey, take my number down. If you ever need prayer, if you ever need anything, give me a text. And so a lot of our jobs, we're running into our brothers and sisters in Christ, and they actually want to help us in our jobs to share the gospel. And we can do that in a way of where we share with each other and people are listening in. You know, we often think people are, are listening more than they actually are, but people do actually listen to what you have to say. And people are eavesdropping. People watching is one of the biggest sports, I feel like, in America, is that you just listen in on what people are saying, you're eavesdropping, you're doing all those things. People are dropping eaves all over dropping the place. Dropping eaves everywhere. And if people are going to eavesdrop on you, let them eavesdrop on your conversation about Jesus. Let them eavesdrop on you pointing someone back to the person who loved and saved them and wants them to flee sin. And um, I am really appreciative of my time at that job because I actually did get to see people who maybe considered themselves Christian, nominal Christians, actually get deeper in their faith um, because of conversations that we had that I was like, hey, this is what I do. And I go to church and I do these things. And I'm like, man, I haven't been to church in a while. I'm like, you should go. You should come to my church. You should go to another church. And they did that. And that wasn't because my job was, you know, a ministry position, but it was because I had a ministry mindset in my everyday position. And what I'm hearing uh, as you relate your experience in doing this, what I'm hearing is I think another important necessary way of, of doing this, and it's through relationships. Yeah. Right? Building relationships, building friendships. So there's like, I mean, here's a question. Do you love your coworkers? Oh, yeah. Or do you like your coworkers? Right. And this is not just us, but like, yeah. you know, in your job, right? Do you like your coworkers? Uh, and that there's a degree to which there's not much we can do about that. Sometimes personalities clash and you're, you don't have to be best friends with everyone. But you have to love people. You have to love you. You're, you're not going to people know if you do not love them or if you do not like them yeah right that is that is fairly apparent um and so it is really hard for to have uh to give christianity a listening ear for people who feel like you don't like them or you're they're being used for something nobody wants to be used so in your workplace a, a way to make it to do ministry there is to build relationships oh. and not only for the sake of evangelizing though certainly that would be part of it pointing people to Jesus, but also just to build relationships, yeah. right? to bless people, to love them, to form friendships. Uh, and as you form friendships, as you form relationships, as you create these spaces where you can talk about life with people and they trust you, and even if you disagree, they value your opinion. If you can create this sort of relationship, boy, the door is wide open for all sorts of conversations. The door's open for hospitality. I mean, this we live in a very inhospitable age where people do not invite anyone over, right? People, uh, we don't eat as often together. We uh, Sociologists, I'm staring at the book on my shelf, sociologists call this bowling alone, right? Mm-hmm. As, a, as, a, as, as a culture, this has been the case for like 30, 40 years, and it's only been exas- exacerbated with the internet age. We are lonely as a people. We, we do life on our own or... To the extent we don't, it's through avatars and various uh, um, aspects of the internet. 
we are an inhospitable culture. So for us to to be able to offer hospitality to people, offer relationship to people, offer friendship to people, offer love to people, that is going to open doors, not only for friendship and relationship and, and love and these things, but also to point people to Jesus who otherwise would not be able to do so. That is our opportunity. People aren't doing that. As followers of Jesus, who himself was very hospitable, right? this is our opportunity. Just as Jesus came, not to be served, though he deserved it, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, we have an opportunity not to be served by people, but to look for ways to serve, look for ways to love, look for ways to be hospitable um, and build relationships with people. Honestly, that's a huge, I think that's a huge way of doing ministry in our workplaces, loving our coworkers, liking our coworkers, spending time with them, learning about them and pouring into their lives in that way. Yeah, I think that's really good. I think, yeah, sometimes when we're trying to do uh, evangelism or ministry in our our jobs um, sometimes it can almost feel like you're I don't know you're just trying to like mark them off the list of like yeah Christian now great like I you know see you later yeah it's like okay well that's not that's not the goal like yeah. the goal is to love these people yeah. and the loving thing to do is to share Jesus with them yeah but the goal is to love them yeah. first the goal is not a tally marker yeah right on a on a certain uh, yeah. list the goal is not to, to cross a name the goal is to cross your name a name off the top 10 list. But that's not just, the goal isn't the crossing off the name. Yeah. Right? The goal is loving the person as you're saying and leading them into a life with Jesus and walking with them in that, right? Yeah. Not just abandoning people or leaving people, using them. Yeah, and that also takes vulnerability because when you're yeah. sharing with someone and you're walking with someone, they're not the only ones that are going to leave change, you're leaving change too. And so I yeah. think a lot of people want to like put in that effort uh in the essence of oh i want to bring them as a christian but they don't really want to walk away changed or challenged in any way and so when people engage they're like oh i'm gonna to have to change like a lot of things if i want this person to truly feel loved and it's like well that's not worth it to me and it's like okay well you're gonna to have to do some stuff if you really want to do that like maybe the the time that you usually spend on your phone like you're gonna put that away you're if you, sometimes the the shows that you watch or the topics you talk about or whatever that usually you connect with, maybe you use something else to connect with that person. Um, and so you're going to have to give up some things for any relationship. So if you're trying to use a relationship in order to share Jesus, you're going to have to give up some things in general, which is difficult for people to do. Mm. And yeah, re relationships are, are so important in sharing uh, because it, it breaks down that wall of you're trying to take advantage of me into yeah. you're trying yeah what do you want from me yeah what do you want from me what are you trying to achieve for me into yeah. hey we're just sharing with each other yeah. and if you've put up the example of i'm here to serve you they're gonna see you providing jesus as a service to them because otherwise it looks like they're serving you by going over to whatever theology that you have and becoming part of your worldview so you feel better no they're gonna want some of what you have because you're like I've been serving you this whole time. This is another service to give you what has been the most transformative, the most loving relationship in my life. I get to give that to you. And if you're willing, you get to take it. And you actually, we get to become not just friends, not a relationship, but brothers and sisters of where now we're part of the same family. Now we get to do those things. And it's just difficult because 
we don't want to give up certain things and we don't want to be uncomfortable and mm-hmm. the looming you know fear of what if i lose my job what if you know they don't take it too well and you know the bible says he's going to give you like the holy spirit's going to give you the right words to say but you should also be prepared to give the right answer mm-hmm. and that requires you walking in the spirit and abiding in jesus and reading your bible and practicing with believers in christ because you're going to have to practice relationship with them too and loving them too which isn't always the easiest in your own church and so if you're out of practice in your own church you're it's going to be hard in a regular job as well yeah yeah what what i'm summarizing what we're saying it feels like we're saying how do you do ministry in a non-ministry job it's by just being a christian yeah in the sense right which means that it's both a very simple thing and simple answer and also very difficult yeah right because there's no seven point plan on how to do ministry in your non-ministry job it's not like there's not all these boxes tick and uh things to to do and then lo and behold you've done it it's a lifestyle it's it's following jesus it's reflecting the glory of christ in your in your workplace in your in your general life um so it's super simple. There's not it's not all this extra stuff you have to do to to make it happen. Just be a Christian, do it. But it's also very difficult because following Jesus is difficult. It's mm-hmm. it requires giving your whole self over to Him, right? And like you're saying, giving up things for the sake of Him and other people. It and it requires following Jesus and carrying our cross uh, yeah. in in following Him. It is simple and difficult. So. Hopefully it's it's uh, it spurs us on because we know okay there's there's a lot of work to be done here, mm-hmm. um, but also hopefully we are encouraged in doing this because uh, the difficulty is not that we have to just make it all happen. That has been accomplished by Christ. Yeah. Right. The the reason we can go to our coworkers and our neighbors and our family members and whoever else is because Jesus has already died and risen right he's done the work he's the one who saves he's the one who calls people to himself not us so that pressure that weight that burden of us saving people is off or us making sure that our work is fulfilling and and you know we're doing something with meaning and purpose that burden is off of us jesus has taken that he's fulfilled it Uh, so for us we now bear the yoke of christ which is light and easy and can just go with confidence knowing that Jesus is in control, that means we can go out with confidence to to actually be Christ, to be, as uh, this is a language from C.S. Lewis, to be little Christs yeah. in our workplaces. Um, so that I think is our, that I think is the call. Yeah. And be a Christian. Yeah. And I think the last thing that I, I want to add is um, one of, I think, the best things, and I want to make sure we say this, is to pray for them. Oh yeah, yeah. Intercede with them. Yeah. Oh, that was a given. That was yeah, that was yeah, yeah. that was a, that was a given. Like that is crucial because you are going to love them so much better yes. if you're praying for them. The Holy Spirit is going to be working in their lives because you're praying for them, not just because you're praying, but it's going to help. And you just get a such a better insight in how to actually witness to these people and to love them better when you're intentionally talking to Jesus about them. Hmm. And you're going to see such a change when you actually institute prayer into your life for praying for these people. 
and you're going to have interactions that you never would have had if you didn't pray for them because you're asking Jesus, hey, make a space for me to actually interact with this person. Yeah. And so simplest thing you can do, even if you don't have an interaction, even if there's someone in your in your workspace that you don't interact with like at all, but you know that they aren't Christian, you know, they might be struggling, that you know anything about them, you can just pray for them. You can pray, hey, this person, Jesus, I just pray that you would work in their life, mm-hmm. that you would bring them to salvation, that you would bless them today. And you're actually in your workplace. If there's someone that's hard to love, you're actually going to find that you love them because you've been praying for them, because you've been wishing goodwill upon them. It's hard to hate somebody you're praying for. Yeah, it is. And that's the thing. And it just reminds me of uh, one of the things that I was, I heard from Tim Keller of where he was talking about, and we've talked about this, Mm. of when you're spending time with people and praying for people, people that other people would find difficult to love you actually love them. Yeah. And it's the story of Tim Keller inviting someone from his church on his, yeah, I love on the his story. day off yeah. or whatever. And his wife's like, who should we invite? And he's like, let's invite Bill and Diane or whatever. And they're like, Bill and Diane, they're so annoying. And he's like, I actually quite like them. And that's not because initially they were very likable. It's because he continued to meet with them, continued to pray with yeah. them. And over time realized, I actually love these difficult people. And that should be our hope is that yeah. we pray with them we interact with them and the difficult people in our lives and the difficult people in our workplaces actually become people that we enjoy loving. And that's the hope. And that's what Jesus did. Amen. Amen. So that's what we want to encourage you guys with. Um, If there's anything else that you have questions about or you want us to dive deeper in, please come up to either one of us or anybody on staff or send us a message or anything like that. Um, We would love to talk about those topics, but we just want this to be an encouragement for you that in your common workplace, in ministry, wherever you're at, these are ideas that can actually help you with sharing the gospel, sharing your life with Christ with people in your workplace. So anything else to add? No. All right. Wonderful. Well, we will. Well, last time you you asked that, I gave you a test, and that was... you, you got a little flustered. So I, I had to get a little. I'm not. I'm not going to give you a test now. Okay, I, thank you. I'll, I'll I'll switch it up every so often. Okay, I don't like pop quizzes, so, <laughs> so I appreciate no 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 test today. But all right, guys, uh, we will catch you next time. Yep. Thanks for listening to the Solid Ground podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to like and share with your friends. Have a blessed day.